Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Good Wednesday morning. We got a good old fashioned winter storm brewing. It's going to be felt from coast to coast. Good morning. It's January 3rd, and this is today. On the move, that potent storm begins its march across the country today. Tens of millions in the path of heavy rain and snow, including what could be the biggest snowfall in years for parts of the East Coast. Al's tracking it all. Search for answers. Investigators pouring over the wreckage after that fiery runway collision in Tokyo. I looked to the left and I said flames all over the windows. This morning, the crew of the passenger jet hailed as heroes for helping everyone on board escape in just seconds. We'll have the very latest. Deadly strike, a top Hamas leader tied to the October 7th attacks killed in Lebanon. What both sides are saying this morning and why fears of a wider war are growing. Naming names, a list of more than 150 people with ties to Jeffrey Epstein, secret for years, expected to be unsealed by a federal judge. Inside, the push to reveal who is on that list and the potential fallout. Those stories plus biker brawl, new video of actor Ian Ziering's frightening altercation on Hollywood Boulevard, his young daughter in the car at the time, where the investigation stands this morning. Today, Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kutby, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today. It is a Wednesday morning, and it is good to have you along with us at the middle of the start of the week, it the beginning of a new year. It's our first day together in I 2024. Know. Good to be with Reunited. you. Reunited. Feels uh-huh. so good. We've got a big coast-to-coast mm-hmm. storm brewing. It's starting out west this morning, mostly a rain event there, but it's expected to drop snow across the central plains as the week goes on. And it's also set to hit the east coast this weekend, first in the southeast and gulf coast with heavy rain and thunderstorms expected on Friday before that system moves north and more snow develops. Yeah, that's a coast-to-coaster, all right. If it happens, that would end a nearly two-year snow drought for some regions in the northeast. New York last seeing significant snowfall back in February of 2022. Philadelphia and Washington, D.C. last saw snow more than 700 days ago. So let's go to Al. You know you're happy that there's a little (laughs) snow in the forecast, my friend. Well, yeah, we all, but are we really? I don't know. We'll see. As you mentioned, the last day of uh, one inch of snow, Baltimore, Richmond, over 700 days in Washington, D.C. Longest drought on record for Washington, D.C. Today, this West Coast storm begins to move inland. It's going to spread rain and snow through the Great Basin on into the southwest. Then Thursday dips down into Texas where it's going to see we see some snow in the panhandle, showers and storms through western Texas. Then Friday, this storm races east, draws up a lot of Gulf moisture, and then the possibility of more heavy rain along the Gulf. They're going to see a lot today. They're going to see even more on Friday, and so that's going to lead to some flooding. And then here we go. Saturday makes its way into the mid-Atlantic coast. The storm starts to push in, bringing a mix of rain and snow along the I-95 corridor. The snow area expands into the northeast by 
by the evening. There's a potential for very heavy snow across the interior northeast and parts of New England. The I-95 corridor, it's going to be windy. It's going to be snowy. It's going to be wet. Airport delays, it's going to be a real mess. Now, here's what we have to watch, the, the exact track of this storm. If it's a coast hugger, it's going to bring that mild water temperature air from the Atlantic, temperatures in the 50s. So it's mostly going to be a rain event along I-95. Heavy snow stays inland. But if this thing moves a little further to the south, that draws in the colder air, heavier snow from D.C. to New York. So here's what we're looking at. The chance for one inch or more of snow, 90 percent chance this weekend for Scranton, 70 percent for New York, Philadelphia, 90 percent for Hartford, Boston. You could have an 80 percent chance of heavier snow it goes a little further south. as you go further south. It dips down. But we're going to continue to watch this track. But right now, the European model and the American model are fairly close uh, in sync. So uh, we're going to just keep watching it. All right. Cool. Okay. Thank you, Al. Thanks. Uh, also this morning, an investigation's underway into that fiery collision at one of Japan's busiest airports. A passenger plane bursting into flames on the runway after crashing into a smaller Coast Guard aircraft. Remarkably, though, all 379 people on that Japan Airlines flight managed to safely evacuate. NBC's Janice Mackey Freyer is in Tokyo for us this morning. Hey, Janice, good morning. Hoda, good morning. Investigators are pouring over the crash scene at Haneda Airport, which is just behind me. On-ground collisions between aircraft are very rare, so they're trying to figure out exactly what went wrong. In the charred hull of the destroyed passenger plane, investigators are hoping to find clues to understand how a routine flight quickly became a deadly and terrifying inferno. In a statement, Japan Airlines says Flight 516 from Sapporo was cleared to land at Haneda Airport. Then footage from runway cameras showed the jet appearing to hit something, bursting into flames and eventually skidding down the runway to a stop. Inside the packed Airbus A350, thick smoke and panic filled the cabin. 17-year-old Anton Deeb was on board with his family and saw flames outside his window. I finally opened the doors and everyone uh, ran out and then you had to jump out of the, of the plane. The safe evacuation of all 379 passengers and crew with black smoke and flames billowing over the fuselage has been hailed as remarkable, taking less than 90 seconds. I can only say it was a miracle, this passenger says. While the Japanese Coast Guard's much smaller Dash 8 aircraft was on the same runway as the jumbo jet isn't clear, five of six crew members were killed in the collision, only the pilot making it out alive. The plane, due to deliver aid to areas on Japan's west coast, devastated by the New Year's Day earthquakes that have killed at least 64 people. Rescuers still racing to save those trapped in the rubble, with aftershocks continuing to shake the region this morning. So uh, we know investigators are trying desperately to figure out what caused this crash, right, Janice? 
Well, Japan's uh, transport safety authorities are working with forensic teams from Airbus and the French government, and they're going to look at everything from uh, miscommunication to equipment malfunction to human error. NBC News has learned that the voice and data recorders from one flight have been recovered, but they're still looking for the black boxes from the other plane. Hold All up. right. Janice Mackey Freyer for us there in Tokyo. Janice, thank you. We're also following breaking news overnight in the Israel-Hamas war. A strike in Lebanon's capital killed a senior Hamas leader and heightening fears now of a wider conflict in the Middle East. NBC's Matt Bradley joins us with the very latest this morning. Hi, Matt. Good morning. Good morning, Savannah. And we just saw here in Ramallah a day of rage. And this was a direct reaction to that assassination in Beirut last night. And there's very real fears here that that rage could spill over borders and engulf this entire region into war. Today, an already volatile region braces for a potentially wider war. The assassination of a top Hamas leader left a massive blaze in Beirut. Hamas accused Israel of killing its second-in-command, Salah al-Aruri, among other leaders. Al-Aruri had a $5 million American bounty on his head. This eyewitness said it wasn't a military jet, it was a drone, it had a low sound. Israel neither confirmed nor denied responsibility for the attack. Whoever did this strike was very surgical and went for a Hamas target because Israel is at war. Whoever did this uh, has, a, has a gripe with Hamas. According to three U.S. officials, Israel didn't notify the United States in advance of the strike, but did inform Washington as it was underway. In al birthplace of Ramallah, the anger started boiling last night. Killing Saleh al in the center of Beirut will never put an end to our struggle to achieve our goals, this man tells me. But many here worry the rage could spread beyond these borders. Israel's military spokesman saying we're on high readiness for any scenario. Hezbollah and Israel have exchanged fire over Lebanon's southern border for months. They've stopped short of an all-out war, but last night's attack right in a Hezbollah stronghold could represent an escalation of the conflict. Hezbollah's leader has pledged a response to any assassinations in Lebanon. And Savannah, we're just hearing now about explosive violence throughout the region. Iranian authorities say twin blasts killed 70 people right near the burial site of Qasem Soleimani, a former Iranian commander who was killed in a U.S. airstrike four years ago today. All right, Matt Bradley in the West Bank for us this morning. Thank you. In the meantime, the border crisis is in the spotlight once again. The Biden administration is getting set to reopen several ports of entry, citing a dip in crossings. And today, a group of Republican lawmakers are visiting Eagle Pass, Texas. That's one of the border towns that just experienced a record surge. NBC's Morgan Chesky is there for us. Hey, Morgan. Hey, Hoda, good morning. And hard to believe it was just weeks ago where we witnessed thousands of migrants waiting to be processed beneath these Eagle Pass bridges. This week, though, it appears to be, at least for now, a different story. Customs and Border Protection reporting in this entire sector of Del Rio and Eagle Pass, a mere 500 migrants were reported on Monday. That dip, enough for one official to call it significant progress, all ahead of that major visit from lawmakers. This morning, a humanitarian crisis in a political spotlight. A record influx of migrants at the southern border, prompting a Republican delegation to see the situation here in Eagle Pass firsthand. 
There has to be meaningful border solutions. It can't be window dressings. Homeland Security officials telling NBC News federal authorities encountered nearly 300,000 migrants last month alone. The immigration issue sure to be front and center as the 2024 primary season heats up. While on Capitol Hill, a bipartisan group of senators has been working on border security legislation. The battle to contain the problem also playing out in courtrooms nationwide. The Justice Department threatening to sue Texas over its new law, allowing state and local law enforcement to arrest and deport migrants suspected of entering the U.S. illegally. In a letter obtained by NBC News, the DOJ calling the law unconstitutional arguing it would disrupt the federal government's operations. Senate Bill 3 for more border wall construction. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has sent some 95,000 migrants on chartered buses and planes to cities nationwide, often without notice. What Texas is doing is bonkers. New York City's Mayor Eric Adams accusing Abbott of going around a new executive order that limits when and where those buses can arrive after the latest group of buses stopped just short of the city. In Secaucus, New Jersey. We're dealing with a bully right now, and everything is on the table that conforms with the law. Denver's mayor now calling on the federal government to take action, saying thousands of migrants who've been sent from Texas are now straining his city's resources. We have almost filled every single available hotel room in the city and county of Denver. So, Morgan, you reported there were there was a dip in the number of crossings recently. How do you attribute that? Yeah, Hoda, it appears to be, at least for now, a combination of factors. One official crediting Mexico with increased law enforcement, although right now they are not publicly sharing the details of how exactly that country is cracking down. Important to note here that around this time of year, migrant crossings do typically take a bit of a dip. But that migrant caravan we've been reporting on, at one point numbering about 8,000 people, at last check, the Mexican president reporting that number is closer to 1,500, and it has not been moving over the last several days in deep southern Mexico. Hoda. All right, Morgan Chesky for us there in Eagle Pass, Texas. Morgan, thanks. 714, much more to get to. Good morning, Craig. Savannah, good morning, Hoda. Good morning, and good morning to you as well. Harvard this morning is searching for a new leader after its president announced her resignation. Claudine Gay's decision to step down coming after weeks of scrutiny over her testimony at a congressional hearing on anti-Semitism and mounting accusations of plagiarism. NBC's Aaron McLaughlin is on Harvard's campus for us this morning. Aaron, good morning to you. Good morning, Craig. Harvard's Claudine Gay is the university's first black president. She's also now the second Ivy League leader to resign in recent weeks amidst backlash from that heated House testimony, as well as allegations of plagiarism. Harvard President Claudine Gay announced she's resigning. Gay's departure comes just six months into a turbulent tenure at the university. Writing in a letter to the Harvard community, this is not a decision I came to easily. I am Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard University. Gay says her decision comes after discussions with Harvard's top governing body about unrelenting scrutiny from critics who say she mishandled anti-Semitism on Harvard's campus, as well as plagiarism allegations in her academic work, which she has denied. Gay writing, it has been distressing to have doubt cast on my commitments to confronting hate and to upholding scholarly rigor, two bedrock values that are fundamental to who I am. 
Calls for Gay's resignation growing after a congressional hearing about anti-Semitism and Islamophobia on college campuses, alongside the presidents of the University of Pennsylvania and MIT last month. This exchange with Republican Congresswoman Elise Stefanik going the viral. Is yes. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. But growing pressure against the university started before that testimony. Alumni pulling back donations over the school's response to the Hamas terrorist attacks of October 7th. Harvard's governing body accepting Gay's resignation. Writing in a statement, she acknowledged missteps and has shown remarkable resilience in the face of deeply personal and sustained attacks, both on and off campus, Tuesday's move splitting the Harvard community. She lost the ability, at least in, in the perception of many students and faculty and alumni, um, to lead the university. I think that there were attempts for her to, to, to force her to resign for quite some time, starting with her congressional testimony. Harvard's governing board has announced the provost, Alan Garber, as interim president as they work to select a new leader. Meanwhile, Gay will stay on as a faculty member. Craig. Aaron McLaughlin for us there on the campus of Harvard. Aaron, thank you. 717. Quiet day, or at least the quiet, literally the, the calm before the storm. We got snow showers in the Great Lakes. We got some showers, heavier rain down through the Gulf. We're going to look at that coming up in the next half hour. Some morning fog in the Central Plains. But here comes this big West Coast storm that's going to have a major impact coast to coast. And that's your latest weather. Gus? All right, Al, thank you. Still ahead this morning, a list that will be heavily scrutinized. Court documents naming associates of Jeff. Jeffrey Epstein expected to be unsealed at any moment. Laura Jarrett following it for us. Good morning. Hey, Savannah, this list of names connected to Epstein isn't even out yet, but it's been fueling significant chatter online. Even some well-known stars now publicly trading barbs over it. All right. Thank you, Laura. Plus, uh, we're learning more about that alarming brawl on the streets of Los Angeles between actor Ian Ziering and a group of bikers, what new videos revealing and what the 90210 star is now saying about that encounter. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is Constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Happy New Year. Eh, it's a little late, frankly, for the Happy New Year's, you know? Why? Just happened a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah, that's too long. That statute of limitations is kind of run out on the New Year. Three days. Plenty. Three days. By the way, everything doesn't have to be happy. Why, why does everything have to be happy? 
Sorry, there we go. Uh, 7.30. You heard it there from Larry David. According to him, today, by the way, is the last day for the acceptable. Yeah. Happy New Year. I'm okay. with Larry. I, I yeah. think unless you, I agree. unless you haven't seen somebody, yes. then I think you can say it. Yes. You weren't here yesterday, but my favorite <laughs> yeah. line yesterday was, God, I haven't seen you since last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a good one. I, I used it 15 times. Oh, it's so yeah. good. Uh, we do have a busy half hour ahead on this Wednesday morning. We're going to start with those new developments in the Jeffrey Epstein case. A federal judge is soon expected to unseal a trove of court documents that include the names of more than 150 people with some tie to the convicted sex offender. NBC's senior legal correspondent Laura Jarrett here with the details. Hi, Laura. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Even all these years after Jeffrey Epstein's death, the blast radius from those alleged to have been in his orbit continues to spread. Questions about who traveled on his plane or visited his island reported at length already, but seeing the names in official court records is another matter. It's a list of names kept secret for years. But as soon as this week, that may change. Names of more than 150 people, including alleged victims, employees, and former associates of convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein, now set to be revealed. It comes after a federal judge ordered many previously redacted court records, including deposition transcripts, unsealed. Some of the Jane Doe's contained in the files already widely reported or voluntarily came forward on their own. But speculation has been swirling about some of the John Doe's that might emerge, particularly among the rich and powerful men alleged to have been associated with Epstein, the disgraced financier found dead in jail while awaiting trial on sex trafficking charges. It has taken an outrageous amount of time. Attorney Mark Randazza, who moved to unseal the records years ago, says some of the information could still be kept under wraps. And this has been a better kept secret than, you know, than than nuclear launch codes. The records all stemming from a now settled civil suit filed by one of Epstein's accusers, Virginia Jufree, against Jelaine Maxwell, Epstein's longtime girlfriend. Maxwell is currently serving a 20 year sentence convicted of grooming young women and girls for abuse by Epstein. Jeffrey posting about the upcoming release of names on X last month, writing, quote, there's going to be a lot of nervous people over Christmas and New Year's. Take us serious. We matter. Jeffrey also sat down with Savannah and other survivors back in 2019. What does justice look like to you now? Justice now is holding accountable the perpetrators that helped him and participated with him. Meanwhile, this morning, the anticipated fallout over the list of names spilling out into public view. NFL star Aaron Rodgers appearing to accuse late night host Jimmy Kimmel of having a connection to Epstein. A lot of people, including Jimmy Kimmel, are really hoping that doesn't happen. Kimmel responding overnight, threatening legal action in a post on X, writing in part, I've not met, flown with, visited or had any contact whatsoever with Epstein adding, your reckless words put my family in danger. Keep it up and we'll debate the facts further in court. Now, NBC News reached out to Aaron Rodgers overnight for our response on this, but we have not yet heard back, guys. Well, that's bizarre. But okay, let's go back to the court documents. I mean, this, these are documents that have been around in the court file for many, many years. Why are they being unsealed now? What was the holdup? So the judge gave everyone about two weeks last month. If they want to object, had their name being released, they can come forward and object. As of last night, I checked, nobody had objected, and the deadline has now since passed. So these names could come out anytime. There should be no more holdup. But we should be clear 
clear about what we're going to actually see. People talk about the list mm-hmm. colloquially. There isn't some black list, a black book, we think. It's more that the names are sprinkled out over thousands of pages of documents. Mm-hmm. And altogether, we may or may not see names that we know or don't know, but it's really over the course of many, many pages of documents. It's not just mm-hmm. one physical list. Get your reading glasses out, yeah, Laura. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Thank yeah. you very much. Sure. All right, guys. Still ahead, Hanging 10 in the Desert. We are hitting the waves for the story behind a new surf club that's popped up in an unexpected place hundreds of miles from any actual beach. First, though, some new details are emerging on that frightening encounter between actor Ian Ziering and a group of bikers on the streets of Los Angeles. Liz Coitz is following this one for us. Hey, Liz. Hey, Craig, everyone. Good morning. Yeah, this is a really scary incident. It happened right on Hollywood Boulevard. And in the video, you can see the bikers banging their helmets on Zeering's car. Coming up, we're going to tell you what Zeering is now saying, as well as the latest on the investigation right after this. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater. And this is your wake up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. We're back 738 this morning on In-Depth Today. New details and new video of a violent altercation. It involved actor Ian Ziering. Yeah, the former Beverly Hills 90210 star says a group of bikers surrounded his vehicle in Los Angeles on New Year's Eve and then attacked him. NBC's Liz Kreutz is following this one for us. Liz, that video is beyond disturbing. Oh, it really is, guys. Good morning. This new video shows another angle of this really scary incident. Ziering says it happened while he was driving with his 10-year-old daughter in the car. No arrests have been made, and Ziering is now using the encounter to call for a crackdown on what he calls lawlessness on the streets. This morning, new video shows the terrifying encounter between actor Ian Ziering and a group of bikers. The 59-year-old says the bikers surrounded his car while he was driving on the famed Hollywood Boulevard in L.A. on New Year's Eve and then attacked him. In the video obtained by TMZ, bikers are seen violently kicking and pounding their helmets on Ziering's Mercedes. It's still unclear what led up to the confrontation, but bystander video shows Ziering confronting the bikers and getting into a physical altercation. Ziering running across the street and attempting to fight back as the bikers chase and punch him. Later, this video shows him consoling his 10-year-old daughter, Penna, who was in the car. Ziering, best known for his role on Beverly Hills 90210 and the Sharknado movies, posting about the incident on Instagram, saying, While stuck in traffic, my car was approached aggressively by one of these riders, leading to an unsettling confrontation. In an attempt to assess any damage, I exited my car. This action unfortunately escalated into a physical altercation, which I navigated to protect myself. 
Ziering says he and his daughter escaped unscathed, but incidents like this are happening coast to coast. This video from October shows a biker jumping on the car of a mother driving with her two kids in Philadelphia. When she gets out to confront him, he pulls a gun on her. And who can forget this horrifying incident in New York City in 2013? A pack of bikers surround a Range Rover after a traffic altercation. The driver, who had his wife and toddler in the car, tried to escape. The bikers then chased him down, pulled him out of the vehicle, and beat him. How big of a problem is this? This is a big problem. Look at this mob mentality, like, how dare you honk at me? And they will attack you. Following the attack in L.A., Ziering calling out lawlessness in cities, saying, as a citizen and a parent, I find it unacceptable that groups can freely engage in this kind of behavior, while the response from authorities seems insufficient. So let's talk about the response so far here, Liz. What, what is the latest on the investigation? What's the LAPD saying? Yeah, well, the LAPD has not commented on that statement from Zeering. Two law enforcement sources familiar with the investigation tell NBC News that they are still right now looking for more video and witnesses in order to help identify the alleged attackers. Again, no arrests have been made. Experts say if this happens to you, don't get out of your car if you can. Drive to a safe area, call 911 and wait for police to arrive. All right, good tips. Liz Kreutzforst there. Liz, thank you. Okay, let's get another check of the weather. What's mm-hmm. on the map over there? Well, guys, we're looking at the Gulf Coast right now. we got some heavy showers and thunderstorms making their way through the region up to the north. A little bit of an icy mix trying to push its way through between Jackson and Tuscaloosa. This will push through. The good news is it's not a lot of heavy rain, about a quarter to a half an inch. But then there's that more there's more rain coming with that coast-to-coast storm that's going to bring heavier rain and cause some problems for our friends down along the Gulf with possibilities of flooding. Snow showers around the Great Lakes. Beautiful day, mid-Atlantic into the northeast. Heavy rain, as we mentioned, down through the Gulfs. Plenty of sunshine into Texas. And here comes that West Coast storm bringing snow through the upper elevations and rain right along the coast. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Coming up, an emotional update on Bruce Willis and the health battle he's facing. What his family is now sharing and how they are rallying around him. We'll have that story coming up right after this. We are back with Carson. We're also back with an update on beloved actor Bruce Willis. Yeah, his family sharing a look inside their private moments over the holidays and also reflecting on the outpouring of support they've received since announcing his diagnosis with frontotemporal dementia. NBC's Chloe Malas is here with more on this. Hey, Chloe. Good morning, Hoda. It has been an incredibly challenging year for Bruce Willis's family. His daughters rallying around their dad, making memories and sharing never-before-seen photos. It's been nearly two years since the family of legendary actor Bruce Willis shared his private health battle with the world, that he had been diagnosed with a rare form of dementia. How do I really feel about today? Well, how do I look? Now Willis's wife, Emma Hemming, opening up about the emotional struggles she faces daily. Holidays are hard. Anniversaries are hard. Um... But for me this year, it has really been about community. The video posted just days after her touching tribute to her husband, celebrating 16 years together, writing, my love and adoration for him only grows. And two of his daughters from his marriage to Demi Moore, Scout and Tallulah Willis, sharing never-before-seen photos with their dad. In one, Scout rests her head on Willis's chest, and in her Instagram caption, she writes in part, welcome to the joy. 
Tallulah reflecting on the past year, sharing this photo holding her father's hand, writing in part, found myself, found my life, found my health. Willis's family first announced his diagnosis of aphasia in 2022 and said he would be retiring from acting. Last year, they revealed his condition had progressed to frontal temporal dementia, or FTD. The disorder can cause personality changes and make it difficult to speak or comprehend language. Emma sat down with Hoda in September to talk about her husband's condition. Does, does he know what's going on? Is that something that he is aware of? Hard to know. It's hard to know. Yeah. Now, as Willis's family continues to play a supporting role in the action star's health battle, they're thanking those who have stood by their side. Please find support. Find your people. It honestly feels like the biggest, warmest hug. Emma's post really shows just how difficult this has been for their entire family. But again, she's using her husband's condition to spread awareness about this rare condition and to help her fellow care partners, as she calls them, get the support that they need. All right. Chloe Malas. Chloe, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Coming up, Kelly Clarkson opening up in an interview just out this morning with a very candid take on her current life and even dating after divorce. We're going to have more on that on Pop Stars. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. 